Hi there, Chloe here. Are you in the UK? Have you yet entered our competition to win a free pass to the Internet Retailing Conference? If not, why not? It's a brilliant one-day conference held on October the 10th in London with an amazing lineup of speakers, great networking and some amazing roundtables too. It's worth it for the ticket price, so why wouldn't you want the chance to be there for free? To enter, just fill in your details at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash IRC. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business, cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe and it is awesome to have you out there listening. In today's episode, we're diving into a different type of e-commerce. We're going to be looking at how you go about doing medical testing by post and the challenges and opportunities that brings. Now, without the sponsors, the podcast wouldn't be possible. So please do check them out. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online, it's just click, send and save for as low as $4.99. That's $4.99 a month. Try it free for 30 days and get a free £10 scale when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb.com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Anthea Morris is the co-founder and finance director at Better to Know, the world's largest private provider of sexual health testing services. They've disrupted the market by providing fast and accurate STI and HIV testing to 20 countries around the world. Launching in 2011, for the last three years, they've been in the top 100 fastest growing tech companies in the north of England. And right now, Anthea herself is nominated for the Institute of Directors Director of Innovation Award. Hello, Anthea. Hello, Chloe. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to find out more about the very different type of e-commerce that you're you're doing at Better to Know. So before we get into that, do you want to tell us how you ended up in e-commerce? Yeah, so it's a bit of a long story. Uh, back in 2010, I was uh, working as director of finance in Newcastle upon time for a company doing life science consultancy projects. And um, that was largely funded by the regional government. And with the change in general election that summer and the change from the Labour Party to the uh, Conservative and Lib Dem Alliance, uh, that a lot of the funding that we had came to an end. So the company had plans to downsize. But as part of that, I took redundancy um, and decided that the time had come to set up on my own. So all the things that I've been doing in the last 15 years of my business career, decided it was time to start making some money for me and not for other people. So took the opportunity to look around and think about where I wanted to go. Luckily, uh, I was working with my business partner, Michael Asher, at that time, and he was the CEO of the same company and was also taking redundancy. Um, and it was natural for us to stay in healthcare, as that's where we'd got a lot of our experience and spent a lot of time learning about the market. So we were talking about that and we talked to our friends about what they were doing. And one of the things that came to us in that period was people slightly older, sort of in the 35, 45, 50 range uh, were struggling to get a sexual health test. It's not that they couldn't walk into their local free gum clinics, but they didn't want to walk into their local free gum clinics. 
They didn't want to wait in line for a couple of hours, wait to be seen. Uh, they were very scared about see, being seen in there, being seen by someone they knew in there. So we thought, hmm, this isn't working. Let's have a look at what we can find out about the market. And in that time, we found that half a million people every month are getting tested across the UK for sexually transmitted infections. We thought, hmm, there's a size of market here. Uh, there's a smaller segment of it of people who want something different from the public provision. And how can we use that knowledge, our knowledge of healthcare, and then burgeoning word of e-commerce to translate that into something that people wanted and was perhaps slightly more fit for the 21st century? Well, so it was kind of a coming together of some really good things. You know, the, I say good, I suppose I'm referring to redundancies good, but, you know, all these opportunities kind of just being realised at the same time. It, it was exactly like that as well. Um, and I know that coincidences don't always happen for people, but uh, I was interviewing someone just this morning who'd been made redundant. And I do think that they are a good time if you've got that uh, financial stability in your life. And I know that not everybody has, but it's a good time to really take stock and say, am I going in the right direction? Is this what I want to do? And what, what can I be doing better um, that really is things that I want to do and fulfil my needs and my career ambitions as just keep going on the rack run every day. So capitalising on your availability, I suppose, on uh, the, the knowledge that you both had of the health service and this opportunity that you spotted in the stats, what did you do next? How did you, I guess, how did you decide to actually do it as an e-commerce project, not as, you know, a series of surgeries or something? Well, the model is a bit in both. And I suppose the e-commerce really came about as the marketing route uh, for our patients to find us uh, rather than traditional print advertising. So it was about that. So this was 2011 and the web was certainly very well developed by that time, but certainly SEO was in its infancy compared to where we are now. And I'm sure anyone still listening to this in 10 years' time uh, will think how basic we were with what our knowledge of SEO is now. But we uh, learned an awful lot about how that market worked, how people were using search at that time. And that seemed to us to be the most affordable way to reach our patients. And the reason for that is if we, those half a million people who were getting tested every month, how are we going to reach them? How are we going to let them know where we were? And your traditional print or television ad campaigns were going to be out of our budget for a startup. Um, we didn't actually know which publications they were reading. We don't know where they were hanging out. A lot of bars and some TV channels actually won't have sexual health advertisements in them because they don't want to be that sort of business. And unfortunately, that's probably where our patients will hang out in the slightly more upmarket pubs and venues around the country. But if you look at paid advertising on Google, if you enter your search terms, that's very a very cost-effective way of getting up in front of your, your customers or your patients, in our case, quickly and easily. And that's how we thought, well, we can then tailor our advertising and just spend it on people who want our services. Well, that's the other big differentiation there, isn't it? It's that the, the people seeing the adverts in the bars, the TV, etc. Only a fraction of those at any one time are actually in need of your services. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're bidding on the term STI test, um, you're pretty confident that that person wants you, aren't you? Exactly. I, I have a saying that there's nobody visiting our website looking for ice cream. 
Um, <laughs> so, and, and I think that is worth remembering. It, it's true that if they're on our website, they're looking for an STI test. Maybe we aren't the right service for them, and not everybody who visits our website wants to pay. And we do provide you know, our services a private option, but we do certainly cater to more people than we're reaching at the moment. And the challenge for us as we've grown over the years is how do we reach more of our target patients? Because I imagine there's a lot of people who don't even realise they can get this service this way. They think their only option is to not do anything about it, go to their own doctor or to deal with the pain of going to a gum clinic. Exactly. And that, that's been one of the challenges for us. If we, got, if we could get all those 500,000 people into a, probably not a room, but maybe a football ground or a couple of football grounds every month, how do we say, right, this is your gum clinic service over here, but this is what Better to Know does for you. And we're sure that we would be able to increase our revenue if we could reach everybody who wanted that and provide them with the service that they wanted as well. And it's just a question of extending our reach and getting to more patients. So before we get into a, a couple of more meaty things about the business, let's just clear up kind of where you are right now and, and the, the nuts and bolts of it all. So where in the world are you and where are you selling? Okay, so our main business is in the UK, which is where our headquarters are. We also sell in Ireland, Spain and Portugal. We also have a secondary office in South Africa, in Cape Town. And we sell across South Africa and Kenya. We also sell across the Middle East. So I'll probably miss a country out now, but the UAE, Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, and Saudi Arabia, and India, Australia. Wow, quite a diverse set of cultures as well. Yes. And but one of the things, with the exception of Spain, is that one of the reasons we chose those countries, which do look, as you say, diverse, is that they speak English. And that's what's important for us because those are the languages capacity we have in-house. We also have Spanish capacity in-house. My business partner, Mike, uh, is learned in Spanish, having grown up there. So that's why we're in Spain as well, because he can uh, liaise with our partners in Spain to get the business going. But the majority of the company language is English, and that's why we've chosen those uh, countries. I suppose fundamentally your product is needed in every country of the world, isn't it? So. Why not Why not pick language first to make it easy for yourself? <laughs> exactly. Yes, we're also based in Lancashire, which is a lovely part of the world, but not known for its uh, for a large number of people who speak different languages. So we, we struggle to find an Arabic speaker. So if there are any Arabic speakers in Lancashire listening to this podcast, please do get in touch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but um, some of the bigger cities are easier to recruit different language skills. Okay, and let's just explain the, the product to, to everyone because yours isn't going to be the type of product which someone orders it, you send it off and that's the end of the story, is it? There's a couple more steps the consumer has to take. Yeah, exactly. So we have we provide a sexual health testing service. So we deliver the service in a couple of different ways. Uh, the most popular is our clinic-based service. So our patients will find our website, they'll go onto it, they'll decide where they want to go and which STIs they want to test for. We've then got a different ways of interacting with our patients. So if they want to web chat to us or phone us up, we can answer their questions. And it's sexual trained sexual health advisors who will speak to them and answer any questions that they've got. They can then book their appointment and they can book either online on our website or we can phone up and speak to an advisor and we can book them in for them. 
we book them in to a location and time and place that they choose that's convenient for them for their choice of tests and we uh, will confirm all that by email and we've also got a secure patient area so if the patient doesn't want to receive any emails perhaps their partner has access to their emails as well we can send them a text message or they can just go online with a password that we send them um, which we can read out to them over the phone and they can log in there to see the details of their appointment. The patient then goes along to their appointment, uh, answers any questions they've got the clinician that they see, have their samples taken and collected. Samples then get sent to our laboratory. The laboratory turns the samples around really quickly. So depending on the tests that you've chosen, it's one to five days after your appointment. And then we post the results in the, that secure online area and we let you know when they're all ready. So some of the screens will test for different STIs and those results come back over different timeframes. So instead of us phoning you every time that a, a result comes in because you don't want seven phone calls going, oh, it's okay, your chlamydia test negative, speak to you again tomorrow when HIV is back. Um, you can log on any time uh, that suits you. And it also means if you're in a meeting or busy, you're not nervously waiting for the phone call. You, you can just check online. So when all your results are ready, we'll let you know. If you test negative, then that's great. And if not, then if you test positive, we'll arrange a doctor's consultation for you. And that can either be in person or over the phone. And we'll help you get the medication you need on that day as well. So even if it's on the phone, we can fetch a prescription to your local chemist and you can go and pick the medication up that afternoon. So it's all pretty slick and quick. Yeah, but it's 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 a lot more complex than the average e-commerce business, it has to be said. You've got a lot of human interaction, a lot of pretty serious privacy concerns in there, you know, kind of over and above the legal because there is that element of, because of the nature of the test, people not wanting anyone else to know about it. So it, it must have taken a bit of time to build the system up around that. We're into version two of how that system works around the, the customer and our, and our in-house a booking system that was bespoke to us and designed by us to meet everything that the patients in our clinics need as well to get the patients the right information, the right time and get the clinic the right information as well. And we do find that a lot of our patients want to talk to someone. They haven't got anyone else they can turn to. Our average patient is 38. Uh, so it's not something that they are going to speak to all their friends about. It's that part of their life is over. They're often in serious relationships. They've met someone on a one-off, perhaps on a work trip, and they just want to do the right thing and get tested now. But therefore, they can't talk about it with the people that they would normally talk about it with. So they, they talk to us, and I think we're part of that. And noticing that, we've actually introduced counselling over the last 12 months to help people who do need to talk about that. some of the reasons why perhaps they had an affair in the first place come and discuss those issues with us and, and take steps to help to mend some of those problems in their relationship. Wow. And uh, it, it becomes quite all-encompassing, doesn't it? Just from the very simple thing of STI test, it goes quite a long way. Exactly. And we, you know, we become the friend that that patient needs for those for that week period when you're booking your appointment and waiting for your test results. We become the patient's best friend because we're the only one that they can talk to in that period. And whether that's talking to us on the phone or web chatting us or, or talking to us by WhatsApp, we, we do that for our patients. And the front end of the system, you know, you said you had the bespoke back end. Are you using a standard e-commerce cart functionality or have you bought, built all of that bespoke as well? We've bought all that bespoke as well. Um, we also have um, a home sample collection kit service, which is probably slightly more familiar to a lot of people. And that's order your kit online. 
um, we send it to you and you collect your own samples at home. So a urine sample is quite easy to collect at home. I'm sure you can imagine how that's done. The blood <laughs> sample um, is a little bit different. We have a little lancet, which is a little pricks your finger for you. And from that, you can milk your finger using our instructional video and collect um, 600 microliters of blood. And we can run up to three STI tests on that. So we can actually do some tests as well from a home collection to point of view in our laboratory as well. So even if you don't want to visit a clinic, if you, as long as you can have a plain envelope delivered somewhere, uh, we can get you tested that way as well. And that's quite popular for people who are perhaps in a more rural area who can't get to a clinic uh, easily or people who are looking for something which isn't quite so expensive. Uh, but that's a very popular and that's a more typical e-commerce play, but not quite such a big part of the business. But again, another different operational process for those ones to go through, which is is kind of another level of complexity. So I can, I can understand why you've gone bespoke. I really can. Well, also we do sell those kits on Amazon as well. Now, Amazon um, and Google have got their own policies when it comes to HIV testing. And they don't actually care what national law is, but they have decided that they will not sell HIV tests. Really? They will not sell home sample HIV kits. So you can't advertise that you're selling them and Amazon won't allow you to list them at all. So even though you're actually doing something that people want and is laboratory tested and everything's ISO regulated, they they say, no, our law supersedes national law, no do it and they'll blacklist our whole advertising account yeah that's an, an extra level of making sure your google product feeds accurate isn't it exactly. do never put in the hiv home testing kit or we're in exactly yeah that would cut off everything and happened to us one new year's eve oh no so um yeah we're very very careful about that and making sure that we're talking to our google reps before we launch new campaigns making sure they understand who we are and of course, it's right that they should be careful. Of course, it's absolutely right that they're not promoting testing uh, in places which aren't regulated or aren't of a certain standard that um, and, and people you know could be going getting dodgy deals and buying dodgy drugs. And I completely support that. But they can be very um, hard about it when it comes to legitimate companies. Yes, they, they often have that um, one size fits all policy. And we don't care what what you've got to say. This is what we say, and that's what that's that's the line. The line is done. And 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 the thing is, you I th- I always think you have to kind of like almost give up on it if that makes sense. There are things it's worth fighting in business. There are things that aren't. And trying to get Google to change a policy like that is probably not worth fighting. Yes, but we have always found when they have got the wrong end of the stick about our business. We understand that that is their policy, but when they've misinterpreted it, we do find that we we are able now to overturn that within 48 hours. So when we are selling legitimately, we have found them very responsive. Excellent. And uh, what's the team have you got there? You know, you mentioned you've got offices in a couple of different countries and um, and there's a few of you around, but, but are you doing everything in-house and how many of you are there? Okay, we've got about 20 people in our UK office, five people in our South Africa office, and then we've got five tech support people as well who have helped build the websites and develop the systems, and some of those are in-house. Uh, and there's about another five external to that as well, uh, and they're based all around the world. Actually, they're based in The Hague and in India. And you mentioned earlier that, that the beginning of the business was all about the Google search and that you're also now running Amazon. Are you running all of that marketing activity from, from within the in-house team? 
Yes, we do. Yeah, we've got an agency who's helping us with our um, paid campaigns and improving our SEO strategy, but it's all being run in-house. Very nice. And have has, have you found in the, what's it, six, seven, or oh, come on, Chloe, maths, eight years, <laughs> we got there in the end, in the eight years you've been running, have you found those marketing methods have changed or is it really still all about being in the right search engine? And I'm referring to Amazon as a search engine. Um, I think yes is the answer to your question. We have been hit by Google algorithm updates over the years. So we got hit by Penguin and Panda when we first started all those years ago, which now seems a sort of very basic and update that everyone should know about. And then we got hit by the Medic update last summer as well. Um, so it's about how we recover from that. We know we've recovered from them in the past, but with Google's releasing updates without warning um it can be tricky there's been another major update i think in march and we came out well from that so that sort of gives us reassurance that some of the work that we've been doing is now going in the right direction yes it's an endless game isn't it just trying trying to do the best job possible and hoping the goalposts don't move whilst you're doing it Yes, and that, that's the game we've all signed up for, I think, when we, we started an e-commerce. And I, I hate to say it, but I think you're ahead of most of the pack by the fact you actually know whether you've been hit or not, which um, is often, unfortunately, not the case. I think you're right from talking to some of our clinic partners. We know that a lot of them didn't know that they were hit until we spoke to them about it. Legitimate businesses, wonderful clinicians, didn't know what happened to their business last summer. And didn't know how to go about dealing with it either. Didn't even know where to look to see, to diagnose the problem. And I think we are slightly ahead of that mark in that we knew what was happening. Before, just listeners, before we started to hit the recording button, Anthea suggested a question to me, kind of accidentally, which I am fascinated to know the answer to. So I told her not to tell me until we got on, got on the podcast. So I, Anthea, it's time for me to ask you the question about seasonality, because I would never have thought that your business is seasonal, but it is, isn't it? It is. Yes, Chloe, thank you for asking. Um, so um, a lot of people will say to us, oh, yes, well, I suspect January is your busy season, isn't it? Because of our post-Christmas and New Year's resolutions. And we look at them and go, mm, no, it's not actually. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. So one of them is a medical reason that you can't get tested for an STI the morning after the night before because the antibodies and the markers in your system won't show yet. So there's an incubation period for each STI test. And it varies between 10 and 28 days, depending on the STI and the markers that you're looking for. But if you think that that's your New Year's Eve party, that pushes you out to the 28th of January. But the other reason that I think is also important is that Christmas is expensive. And I know that I'm still paying off my credit card bill in January with my January salary. So I don't think people are spending on discretionary healthcare at that time. So generally January and February has been quite um, low booking months for us. But then it starts to grow and it remains steady in March and April. But then we have a big month in May. So as people start to think about their summer holidays and start to get ready for that, um, we see May as being an absolutely month where people are, have got high demand for getting sexual health tests. Over the summer, the demand fluctuates a lot more during the week. So typically, we'll always see Monday as the busiest day. And I think a lot of that is to do with people um, knowing when their 28 days incubation period is up and they phone on Monday to book an appointment for that week. But in the summer, that just varies. And all of the day, any day of the week can be the highest day of the week. 
And that carries on all through to summer again till you get to September, which is always an absolute bumper month. And that's when a lot of people are out there looking for their sexual health testing in September. And that then continues on until about the week before Christmas when no one's getting sexually health tested. And then the business sort of quietens down over Christmas before it starts slowly again in January. So we tend to find that our busy periods are before and after the summer holidays. How fascinating. So it's really kind of like a summer thing. And at Christmas, well, I might have caught something, but I can't afford to sort it out for a couple more weeks is the is the customer mindset. That's crazy because because you're dealing with the 30s and 40s, 40-year-olds, 40 just to be clear for another listening. Um, <laughs> It, that surprises me because you would have thought, yeah, I can imagine 20 somethings going, well, I'll just deal with it through January and February because I've got to go out tomorrow night. So STI can wait till February or March or even May. But I, 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 I wrongly assume us 30 somethings and the 40 somethings are more, more health aware than that, I suppose. I don't know the answer to your question, I'm very clear, because we do uh, we keep our patient confidentiality quite seriously, so we don't ask people about whether they put their tests off or anything like that. I suppose that that's that's one of the, the challenges, I guess, isn't it? Is that normally if a business had a, had a seasonality that you wouldn't logically think, you would go out and you'd ask the customers, "Why are you doing it now?" But that's not something which you would you would have to have a pretty major issue in the business you were trying to solve for it to be worth prying that much into a customer's life yes and we sort of we try to pride ourselves with not asking questions like that and we believe that's what our, our patients want you know they don't they don't want the talking to they don't want a lecture they don't want to have to answer awkward questions they don't want to log into facebook and say here i am at the better to know clinic in manchester today um that, that's not what that's not what our business is about it's about absolutely saying that you were never there it's a more tricky play than some of the people that i know you've been speaking to E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler. With Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just click, send and save for as low as $4.99 a month. Send envelopes, flaps and packages right from your desk. And for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SEMPRO Online. Starting at $4.99 per month, you can also qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping, calculate exact postage online and do it all by printing from your PC. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get you started. That's pb.com slash masterplan. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, now we're in the top tip section and I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Anthea, are you ready for these? I'm ready. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I've got three, which I know is cheating. I always let people cheat on this one, so it's fine. Three is good. <laughs> okay. I've got three uh, autobiographies of business Um greats and that's Richard Branson, Alan Sugar and James Kahn. Um, I've read some other dragons by the way and I would still just recommend James Kahn and 
you say, well, they're not e-commerce and they're last century, but I think the basic principles remain the same. And I think that's really interesting about how they all grew their businesses from nothing and how they went around doing that and perhaps using some of the digital and e-commerce strategies to accelerate the pace of that is relevant in this day and age. But I think certainly that we've learned about, you know, the basic old fashioned principles of growing the business are still there and you still need to learn them before you can go and disrupt and innovate. Yeah, it's always good. Anyone who's succeeded in business, so many of the rules remain the same. Um, The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, well, for us, I mean, it's the one we pride above all others, and that's paid. Uh, we launched in Australia last year, and the only way that we can get in front of patients on day one is through paid search on Google. And we touched upon the reasons for that at the beginning of this podcast. And that's it gets us there right from day one, and we know that within a week we'll be booking patients. And we've seen that time and time again in all the countries that we've launched in. Um, across the world that's the one thing that if you want to get going quickly it's paid so much on google for us and the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day so we i talk about our web chat uh, a lot and we use a talk to uh, which is still free for us so that's quite good it allows us to talk to our patients over web chat but also it allows the team to throw conversations between them. So if at the end of someone's shift, they can throw the conversation to someone else um, and the patient will never know that they're speaking to a different person. It also allows us to copy conversations to our medical team. So if we need to get advice, we can do that while looking at the whole conversation. What's also quite good about talk, which I never realised before we did web chats, um, is that the operator knows what page you're on and can see what you're saying on the website. And they also can see what you're typing before you press send. So if you're typing away and then hit delete, which I often do um, when I'm web chatting with other people, it can all be seen by the operator. But we use Talk and we found that's been a really interesting um, growth tool for the business as well. We now make 10% of our bookings each day on web chat. Wow, 10%. That's really cool. Yeah. It just shows that, you know, even if even if someone wants that kind of privacy of doing it via online and private appointments, they still want that reassurance and that human touch before they go ahead and make the booking. And some of our conversations can be four to six hours long because people will duck around in and out of meetings in their day. Um, but we're still there and we can still see the whole conversation and where they're ready to help them. Wow, that almost sounds like we should have a competition across the audience on that. Who has had the longest web chat with a customer? Because four to six hours, that's quite epic. Obviously, it's not non-stop. In the, you know, there's some big gaps in that time. But yeah, but they, yeah, absolutely. That's what patients need. That's what they're here for. Excellent. Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? So I think that's quite a difficult one for us, but I've got an answer for you, though it may not apply to all listeners' business. And that, for us, was getting a phone line in. It's not just um, something for our business. It's not one that patients just want to book online and be done with it. And our average basket value is 250 quid. So it, it may be something that people do want to discuss why they're not going to buy on impulse. For people who are thinking, hmm, will a phone line help my business? We're only doing about a third of our sales online direct and the rest come on phone. 
And I would suggest thinking about getting a virtual assistant who can answer the phone for you, trial it out, see what it's like, see how many calls you get, what the questions are and how you can improve your business. Excellent. Anthea, before we say goodbye, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yep. So our website address is www.bettertoknow.co.uk. So bettertoknow.co.uk. And we're on Facebook and Twitter as well. Excellent. And thank you so much for talking to us about a very different type of e-commerce today and being so candid about how the processes work and, and how it functions. It's been absolutely superb chatting with you. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Chloe. Thank you. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And I hope you've got a couple of extra tips and lessons from today's show. It's been fascinating to dive into a different type of e-commerce with Anthea and to learn about how they really have built the business around that customer need and very much the customer's emotional need to deal with that STI or HIV testing problem in a discreet way, in a way that suits them and their lifestyle. And to focus on what works to the exclusion of all else. You know, they're not doing Facebook ads and Instagram posts. They are focused down on SEO and Google and being on Amazon because those are the three big, big ways of getting onto the search engines for when people want that product. And then they've also focused on getting their processes perfect and the customer service side of thing perfect. So they're giving the customer the support they need, whether it's that four to six hour web chat or it's being there to help them, to support them as they wait through that process of waiting for the results or waiting for the test itself. Absolutely fascinating. So I hope you've got a couple of a couple of good nuggets from that episode, as I hope you do from all our episodes. And if you are getting great nuggets and great piece of advice from the podcast, then please do share it with your e-commerce friends. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, over a coffee, or whilst you're having a pint or a nice gin and tonic. I don't mind, but it would be great to get ever more people listening so we can help more people to build their e-commerce business. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.